does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Final hour of this legendary history-making program. We'll have conversations with Destin Adams, Scott Agnes, Brendan King still to come. Bruce Brown is an Indiana Pacer. Was it too much money or was it just right? We'll get to that and more a little bit later. But right now, we turn our attention to the star of the show on a very busy night in the sports world. It's Network Indiana's Eddie garrison thank you jay cook it's been a fun hour and a half with you along with nathaniel finch as we conclude indiana sports talk want to lead off with some honda indy 200 at mid ohio practice results from the day pato award alex pillow marcus erickson christian lungard kyle kirkwood that is the order of the speed charts one through five pato award speed was 122.250 miles per hour and when you look at the standings it has been a dominant run for Alex Pillow. The Spaniard has won three of the last four races. The only race he has not won, that's the Indianapolis 500 mile race, but he had the pull so it's been a pretty dominant stretch for Alex Pillow. and then when you look at the standings, he has a pretty sizable margin right now. He is up 74 points on Marcus Erickson, who is second, and here is what he had to say about that lead. Just getting everything that we have. Uh, we had, obviously, really fast cars uh, throughout all the year, um, and we were able to maximize and, and get those wins that we were maybe lacking uh, last year. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it doesn't stop here. Hopefully we can keep it going. Uh, we have a couple of races now coming up that we were really strong last year as well, and we feel very confident. So, yeah, hopefully we can add some more wins uh, uh, this year. Qualification for Sunday's race is tomorrow at 2.45. You can watch it on Peacock or you can listen on the IndyCar app. And the green dra- uh, the green flag will drop on Sunday at 1.30. It is on USA Network and Peacock. That is how you can watch Sunday's race. Major League Baseball going on right now out west in Oakland. The Athletics and the Chicago White Sox. And it's still a 4-1 to advantage for the Oakland Athletics. All four runs coming in the bottom of the fourth inning. The only run the White Sox had comes in the top of the first inning. Andrew Benintendi led the game off with a single. And then Eloy Jimenez, he had an RBI single, a two-out RBI single. That's all the damage that has been done on the Chicago White Sox side of things. Two of the three hits coming in that first inning as well. The Colorado Rockies defeat the Detroit Tigers 8-5. to They take the first game of the three-game series. Michael Lorenzo in charge with the loss for Detroit. Austin Gomer picked up his sixth win after he went seven innings of two-run baseball. Colorado scored five in the second and three in the sixth. Rockies are now 33-51. and Tigers 35 and 46. The matinee game, that was the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Guardians. 10-1 final score, and it was all Cubs. They scored two runs in the third inning, four runs in the fourth, so they were up six at the halfway point of this one. They just added insurance from there on out. The only run for the Cleveland Guardians, that came in the top 
of the ninth inning. Justin Steele picked up his ninth win. He went six in the third scoreless baseball. He struck out six. Nico Horner had two RBIs and picked up three hits and four at-bats. Christopher Morrell hit a home run and drove in three for the Cubbies, who are four games under five hundred at 38 and 42 Cleveland now 39 and 42 the Cincinnati Reds San Diego Padres the Reds just continue to rally their 30th come from behind win as they defeat the Padres 7 to 5 this was a 2 to 1 game going into the top of the ninth Alexis Diaz had 27 consecutive saves that is no longer the case. He blew a save in the top of the ninth. Padres scored one. They went into extras. Both teams scored two. In the bottom of the 10th, Matt McLean hit a two-run home run with two outs for Cincinnati. That tied it at five. Ellie De La Cruz, or tied it at four. Ellie De La Cruz led off the bottom of the 11th with a double. That scored Jonathan India, who was the ghost runner. And then Spencer Steer hit a two-run home run to win it. That drove in Nick Sinzel. Reds are now 44-38. and 38. Jimmy Cook in the big chair for the coach Bob Lovell on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. We've talked a lot about the Pacers tonight, a little bit about the Colts as well. We'll continue that conversation now. We're joined by Destin Adams, covers the Colts for Sports Illustrated's Colts Wing. You can follow him on Twitter at the Destin Adams. Destin, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for making the time. Happy Friday to you. Let's dive right into it. We had the breaking news a little bit earlier in the week. The inevitable came down from Adam Schefter that Isaiah Rogers received an indefinite suspension over the course of this coming season. And then Chris Boward acts very swiftly and cuts him and releases his statement saying that there's a zero tolerance policy on that for the Indianapolis Colts. Your thoughts on that Isaiah Rogers fiasco now behind the team and where they go from here yeah it was always going to be an interesting one because that timeline and what's been going on in the nfl over this past six months where there's just been an influx of these gambling violations was how much information the nfl was going to be able to gather and how comfortable they were going to feel on the suspension timeline usually when the nfl wants more time um, to just review everything and go through their facts. They'll do the year suspension with the word indefinite um, verbiage um, to be able to give them more time to gain that. Um, so that is the route they ended up going. I, I was more shocked early on that the first report that came out said that it was just a year because when that came out, I started to believe that maybe the NFL had gathered everything they needed. Um, but, but obviously Adam Schefter would end up repeat, um fixing that um, verbiage later, saying that it it is an indefinite suspension similar to what we saw with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean, it's good for Isaiah in that it sounds like he didn't bet on or bet against the Colts, rather, and it's not something that would get him suspended for the league, but obviously action had to be taken on the Colts' end, and now you're able to move past that. And again, hopefully when this process is over, somebody's willing to take a chance on Isaiah Rodgers because, you know, we feel bad for him, even though it is a a mistake that players just can't make in today's NFL. As you look around the rest of this roster and the countdown to training camp is on, I asked J.J. Stankovitz of Colts.com this a little bit earlier, Destin Adams of SI Colts with us right now. I asked him what position group he was most focused on. He answered tight end. Is that the area led by Jelani Woods that you are most focused on going into camp? And if not, where is that for you? 
Honestly, my, my focus right now with the Isaiah Rogers news coming out here recently and just how thin the room was overall before that, um, it's been corner. Um, the team drafted three corners for a reason. Um, they liked the class, but the need on their roster was there. So with Isaiah Rogers now suspended and also just no longer with the team, um, those rookies are going to be thrown into the fire pretty early. I mean, Julius Brents being a second-round pick, you kind of expected he'd play early. Um, but now there's a realistic situation to where fifth-round pick Darius Rush is getting early snaps. Seventh-round pick Jalen Jones now probably has a better chance of playing rotational corner snaps than he does of being cut. And that is a crazy fact um, when you're looking at a seventh-round pick. There's been a tradition over the last couple of off-seasons with Chris Ballard to take care of his own, and Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. highlighted that in his most recent uh, comments to the media regarding where he is on the idea of an extension getting done. I've gone back and forth with this, but my stance is you can't pay a running back market reset money in today's NFL. It just doesn't work. I'm willing to hear that you know John Taylor is still young, and, and maybe there's a nice middle ground and maybe a three-year deal for him, but Whatever the deal is, do you think this is something that gets done before the season starts, or is it dragged on throughout the 2023 campaign? From from everything I've heard from people a little bit more in the know than me and you is that I think a deal does get done for Taylor before week one begins for the Colts. I think both sides want that to get done. And I I usually agree with you on the running back situation um, where the market is in the NFL right now. It just doesn't seem like a smart investment. But I will say the only – situation to where I can see why paying the running back would make sense is when you have a rookie quarterback contract on the books. Um, because right now you could pay Jonathan Taylor and you can basically structure the deal to where even if it's a four or five year deal, you can basically make it to where Taylor's money is coming off the books before you have to pay Richardson the top dollar quarterback money. So because you're going cheaper at a the prime position at quarterback, it opens the door a little bit in flexibility to allow a team like the Colts to pay a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who they look at as a special player, but also a special person in the locker room um, just because of that quarterback situation. Don't necessarily disagree with you on the aspect of the quarterback contract, but I will say this. We've already seen a 27-year-old get cut by the time his contract was still underway in Dalvin Cook. I just don't want to see the same thing unfold here in Indianapolis. Destin, really appreciate you making time for us. Look forward to following along with your coverage in a training camp, and enjoy the rest of your summer, my man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. That's Destin Adams. You can follow him on Twitter at the Destin Adams. More Pacers free agency chaos with Scott Agnes next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. NBA free agency started just about five hours ago. But before that, the Indiana Pacers, they made a move. They are reportedly sending Chris Duarte to the Sacramento Kings for draft compensation. That compensation has yet 
to be revealed. That is according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic and Stadium. The only move that the Pacers have made thus far in free agency is they signed NBA champion Bruce Brown to a two-year contract worth $45 million. There is a reported team option on the second year of that contract. The only player that they have lost in free agency was O'Shea Brissett. He is going to the Boston Celtics. And that's on a two-year deal. The money on that has yet to be reported. That is from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. And as soon as the clock strikes midnight, Pacer fans, you're going to be scrolling through Twitter and refreshing that timeline. Tyrese Halliburton is eligible for his rookie contract extension once the clock hits midnight so there possibly could be some news there minor league baseball the fort wayne tin caps defeat the lake county captains four to two all four runs for the tin caps in the top half of the seventh inning the south bend cubs they were in beloit taking on the sky carp they lose today five to one the cubs are now 32 and 39 the indianapolis indians they top the louisville bats 10 to 8 after a three-run top half of the ninth inning for network indiana sports I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I apologize for the delay there. When I tweeted out the promo for today's show, I've been using a boomer tweet whenever the Pacers are involved. And anytime you have boomer repelling from the ceiling, it has to be done. But I also realized that I've yet to use the Brian Windhorst. Why would they do that? Uh, GIF as well. I took care of that in a little teaser for our next guest. That is, of course, Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse Files, as well as a member of 107.5 and 93.5 The Fan. Scott, walk me through it. Happy Friday to you. Happy NBA free agency to you. Uh, when the period begins right at 6 o'clock this evening, and we know there were no conversations that took place before 6 p.m. started this evening, of course, <laughs> because everybody follows the rules. Uh, what were your initial reactions to Bruce Brown, NBA champion Bruce Brown, becoming an Indiana Pacer? Yeah, it's always fascinating, Jimmy, to see the flurry of deals that are somehow <laughs> negotiated, some, in fact, by the same agent. So they must truly have six cell phones and they're all able to communicate and it's it's amazing for such significant amount of deals that they agree so quickly but in all seriousness uh, Bruce Brown's a guy that I think made more sense here in the last 48 hours when you consider his options so uh, one thing that made it possible was because of his contract limitations previously uh, the Denver Nuggets who obviously wanted him back he played a a key six-man role the most they were allowed to offer him by the CBA was 7.8 million well there were teams out there that were going to be able to offer him the mid-level exception which is over 12 million that seemed like a no-brainer but then there was a few other teams including the Pacers right there well they basically doubled that Jimmy just in year one and so a guy who had earned you know, $15 million in his first five seasons is going to make one and a half times that in year one next year. We had all these rumors in the last couple of days, and I know as a beat reporter that, Scott, you have to wade through that as best you can. But when you looked at the potential options, a lot of great fits with Bruce Brown. Why? And I know it's hard because as a team, they're going to say, well, you know, this is the guy we wanted all along. But, but why of all the <laughs> yeah. options that they could have had, does he make the most sense? And if he didn't, who do you think would have been a better fit here if money was no object? 
Yeah, so what we've seen here in the last five hours is just free agent targets. So that's one thing here. And um, it's really a weak class. It's not too enticing. There weren't a lot of guys, I thought, Jimmy, that made a lot of sense. The other one was Harrison Barnes, and wisely so. Like many other players we saw in this period, uh, decided to stay where they were. And Harrison Barnes doing a three-year deal, uh, or two-year deal, I think it was, with the Sacramento Kings, which made all kinds of sense. He would have been a perfect fit here as well, even more so, I believe, uh, than Bruce Brown. But outside of that... I really wasn't looking at a lot of free agent targets. I think there's a couple of restricted free agents that made sense and more than anything, a couple of trade targets. But then with trade targets, obviously not only does the player want to be here, but you got to get the other team involved and work out draft compensation and maybe move on from a couple of picks. And one big thing, Jimmy, the team still needs to do is kind of consolidate the roster because right now, including Bruce Brown, they have a full roster. And we know they need to reduce a guard. They probably need to reduce a center or two. So that's on the radar. But the next thing will be Tyrese Halliburton and a rookie scale extension here in about 41 minutes is the expectation. I want to talk on that rookie extension and the ramification with that in our second segment. Scott Agnes with us for the first of two segments here on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. You can find his work at Fieldhouse Files. And, of course, you subscribe to Fieldhouse Files. For all the latest from Scott Agnes, follow him directly on Twitter at Scott Agnes. But, Scott, we discussed this a little bit earlier in the week when we were hosting the Fan Midday Show on our sister station, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And we talked a lot about the value that was present or maybe lack thereof value perceived towards Chris Duarte, who we thought could be an odd man out with this Pacers rotation, but maybe they weren't getting the value that they envisioned and didn't want to sell too low for him or with him. When you look at the deal that's been reported Reported with Sacramento, does that fit about where his value is right now? And is that anything but a, there's not a spot for him, it's time to move on, and we need to increase our roster openings for free agency? Yeah, so Jimmy, that's been a really weird deal. First of all, because Shams tweeted that and then left it, and there's been nothing more to add. Nothing has since come out of that. Um, nothing from the Pacers to kind of confirm or, you know, yeah, that, that's definitely what's happening. So I think it's here you're going to see the Pacers kind of sitting back and, like I was discussing, kind of surveying the market with the trade market. Sure. Because I could see him – I think Duarte would fit in nicely – for example, with the New York Knicks, a team that tried to pay the Pacers and get that pick a couple of years ago. Golden State Warriors was their other team uh, very much in on that. But if it is draft compensation, yeah, that's probably what you're looking at. I, in a perfect world, you're getting a late first is probably the best-case scenario. Uh, more realistic, I'm guessing you're getting two future second round picks for a guy that is a lottery pick that's the concerning part i think if you're the pacers or a pacers fan here this is not pick 23 that's a toss-up anyway this is a lottery pick and for a it was and for a franchise like the pacers any franchise truly though you have to hit on high picks and thus far that one certainly has not panned out though i will acknowledge he's only going into year three a name that I did not anticipate coming across the desk today during the fan midday show was Obi Toppin. Um, I've I've mm-hmm. never like had a anything wrong with Obi Toppin in terms of like been a hater of his by any means, but have always been kind of eh. He's in New York. I mean, he's he's a fine player. Like all right, whatever. But then he gets attached to the Pacers a little bit 
earlier today in the rumor mill, again, not directly from the Pacers, but just the reports of they might be zeroing in or honing in on Obi Toppin. Uh, Have you been able to nail anything down yet with legitimacy towards that? And if you haven't, let's just play our own version of NBA 2K franchise mode here. What would a move like that look like if they were to go get Obi Toppin? Yeah, nothing specifically just yet, but it's Toppin. I think is expendable. He can be had uh, if you're interested. Um, he's a guy, though. Here's something you'd have to consider: is he's entering the final year of his contract. So much like other play- players that the Pacers would be interested in uh, in trade targets, uh, Tobias Harris, which I think is out the window now. Which after you gave this large contact to Bruce Brown, um, and Anobi's a, a favorite. Well, those guys only have one more year under contract. So if you send right. something out going. It's either got to be something like Duarte, who you don't mind moving off of anyway, or you know you're able to re-sign him. But uh, Toppin has the same rep- similar representation here of all parties involved that the Pacers are working with, so that certainly helps in completing a deal. Uh, and then I think Toppin could be a serviceable backup power forward. I don't see him as a guy that would step in right away, Jimmy, and be your starting power forward, even with a rookie in Jarris Walker. He does intrigue me purely from the standpoint as the Pacers need an upgrade at that position and they have for several years now. We're going to dive deeper into the rest of the free agency class here in our second segment. Scott Agnes with us of Fieldhouse Files. Uh, About two minutes left here, Scott. When you look at what this starting five could look like, Tyrese Halliburton, Bruce Brown, Buddy Hill, Jairus Walker, Miles Turner, Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemhard, who's left out in that list? Who, who, Who is off the bench in your mind if you're running the team? Yeah, so you got to. I think you got to include Bruce Brown, presumably now in the starting lineup. He instantly becomes the highest paid player. Uh, so I could see you go a variety of routes. One one thing I could see you do, which I would not have expected, is you move Andrew Nemhart to the bench. So Bruce Brown provides some defensive aspect with that starting group. Andrew Nemhard kind of runs the point and off-ball off spot with that second unit, which makes T.J. McConnell a do-it-all type of guy a little bit more expendable right now. A guy with two years left, but the second year is not exactly uh, fully guaranteed here. Um, so then off the bench... You're looking at Ben Shepard. You're probably looking at Buddy Heald, depending how they go. And I really think in the perfect world, the Pacers would be able to add another wing that could be the starting four spot uh, and then bring Jairus Walker off the bench. But that's to be determined. Scott, you got time for one more segment with us? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Scott Angus is going to come right back with us here in just a little bit. We'll dive further into the rest of free agency. That includes a eye-popping deal that Fred Van Vliet was able to reach an agreement with with the Houston Rockets. A lot of changes out in L.A. Derek Rose with a new home as well. That and so much more to get into when we return on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's take a gander of some Major League Baseball scores. 
Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Angels. 5-1 lead for the Diamondbacks, but I've got this game on here in the studio. Shohei Otani just clubbed his 30th home run, and you need a multiple tape measures to measure this one out. 493 feet as he becomes the first player this season to hit the 30-homer plateau just and a sensational player is Shohei Otani. Oakland Athletics and the Chicago White Sox, they're in action in Oakland. They're in the top of the seventh inning. White Sox offense non-existent still. They haven't scored since the first inning. Oakland tacked on another run in the bottom of the fifth, so they still lead 5-1. to one. And since the first inning, White Sox only have three hits in totality. Bottom of the fourth inning in Seattle, it's the Mariners and the Rays. 4-2 advantage for the Seattle Mariners. Randy Arozarena got the Tampa Bay Rays on the board with a two-run home run in the top half of the fourth inning. Earlier today, the Chicago Cubs... They defeat the Cleveland Guardians 10-1. The Cincinnati Reds defeated the San Diego Padres 7-5 in 11 innings. And the St. Louis Cardinals in the New York Yankees game was rained out. They will make that game up tomorrow. They'll have a doubleheader. Game 1 is at 1-15. Game 2 at 6-15 from Bush Stadium. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook sitting in the big chair for the coach, Bob Lovell. Eddie mentioned it there. Nothing like 4th of July weekend and a day-night Yankees doubleheader. Always love it. Always love baseball. Always talking to the Hall of Famer, Howard Kelman, the voice of the Indianapolis Indians. Howard, happy 4th of July weekend to you. And it started off with a bang by the Tribe tonight, did it not? Oh, you're exactly right, Eddie. It sure did. The Indians were trailing 8-7, to seven, going to the top of the ninth, and a throwing arrow opened up the inning. And so they had a man aboard, an error by the third baseman from Louisville. The next batter was retired. Andy Rodriguez, the Indians catcher, who will be playing in the Futures game, by the way, he lined a 1-2 pitch for a base hit to right center. So you had two on, one out. And then G-Man Choi, who is rehabbing, he drilled a three-run homer to right field to make it 10-8 Indianapolis, and it was a wild game, and that was the final score. Three consecutive now, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, on the road against Louisville, and then a nice 4th of July matchup as the Tribe hosts Memphis. What are you most tracking over this next little four-game sample size, Howard? Well, I want to see better pitching. Uh, They got it at the end from Travis McGregor in that he went the final two and two-thirds, and he pitched shutout ball and got the victory. However, they gave up eight runs. Now, Louisville gave up 10, obviously, but you can't expect to score 10 runs every night. So I want to see the Indians pitching improve, and that is the biggest key. You know, it all starts with pitching. Howard, always good to catch up with you. If we don't talk, enjoy the fourth and continue keeping on there with the Indians. Looking forward to following along with you. Thank you so much, as always, Jimmy. That is Howard Kelman, the Hall of Famer and the voice of the Indianapolis Indians. Great way to spend 4th of July 
No better place than at Victory Field at 6.35. First pitch time on Tuesday, a little July 4th celebration at Victory Field. We resume our NBA free agency conversation with Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse Files. Scott, appreciate you hanging in with us and being flexible there. And again, always appreciate your coverage. As we have an opportunity to, Scott, you can put a little more eloquently than I can. I know at Fieldhouse Files, but if people want to subscribe to your newsletter, where do they do that at? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to fieldhousefiles.com, enter your email address, or just begin reading. And uh, a lot of good coverage there. The thing I look forward to is uh, I'm going to highlight Gennaro Pargo, who works for the Pacers, an assistant coach. He really became a weapon for the for the team during the pre-draft process. And then I also talked to former assistant Popeye Jones this week about what it was like to win a championship with the Nuggets this past year and working with Nikola Jokic. We were discussing earlier this week about who is an overpay and who is an underpay in free agency. When you look at the two biggest eye-popping moves, non-Pacers division that have happened so far tonight, Jeremy Grant, five years, 160. Fred Van Vliet, three years, 130. Again, I applaud the players. I'm always pro player. Very happy they cashed in. But which of those deals is easier to stomach if you were working in a front office or are they both just eye-poppingly bad (laughs) well for one (laughs) a little bit of it is the new normal because we're going to see the salary cap and everything go up even more so in another year when more tv money really comes in so one way to look at it is the money as a percentage of the cap for example um and when you talk about like a tyrese halliburton he's going to be talking about 25 to 30 percent but i didn't mind jerry and grants nearly as much because much like the pacers like it's it's portland it's it's tough and if you're going to try to continue to win and we don't exactly know what the blazers are doing but stay on with dame lillard you got to have surrounding pieces and jerry and grant uh, made a lot of sense and had a lot of value on the free agent market pacers of course would have absolutely been, been interested but um grant electing to stay there the worst one to me jimmy it's Kyrie Irving. I am not giving him more than a one-year deal. He got three years with a player option. That's the worst deal I've seen thus far. Uh, probably second worst is Fred Van Vliet. It's, I mean, Houston had to spend money like the Pacers were in that situation. But to give up more than $40 million per year for him, especially an extra year and three years, that's a, a little bit hard to stomach, but you get it. And he's going to be a good pro for a very, very young roster. So are you trying to tell me when we account for inflation that Timofey Mozgov's deal from a couple years ago is a good deal? Is that, is that, is that what we're saying? Have we reached those waters no, yet? No, no, no. That was never a good deal. And I think he, he never got out of like year one. I think Luau Bang they paid for a couple of years. Maybe Joe Kim Noah. Like there's been some, some all league contracts when, it, when it, especially uh, I want to say about eight years ago when they cycled in a new updated CBA and we saw Solomon Hill and, and Jan Mahimi, former Pacers, really nope. capitalize off that and that was 2016 the rookie extension that is going to be on the table for Tyrese Halliburton here in about 23 minutes or so or at least that's when he's eligible for it how quick does that get dropped on his table is that something we can expect <laughs> tonight is that something that is going to have to be haggled on is that something that the Pacers can be patient about what's the timeline there if any 
Yeah, I really think they'll get it done uh, pretty quickly. Um, already, uh, several months ago, we had Kevin Pritchard come out and make clear, you know, he's our guy. We want him here as long as he wants to be here. So I'd be very surprised if it took very long. Uh, the couple things that would be negotiable here is could he get up to 30% of the cap? Are the Pacers really willing to go to the full max? If you remember, uh, 27% is what Paul George got. But he got a, a player option in year five of a five-year rookie extension. Uh, I would expect it to be five. That's the maximum allowed. Um, and if I'm the Pacers, I'm not giving any options. I want full control of his contract um, through the, the, that entirety. Scott Agnes with us of Fieldhouse Files. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Agnes. Scott, who's the biggest winner to this point in your mind in free agency with about uh, two, three minutes or so left? Yeah, I'd say us. It's here. So we can finally stop projecting and get <laughs> get to some of the facts a little bit. But um, I, outside of the Kyrie thing, I really liked what, what we saw a little bit with Dallas bringing back Seth Curry uh, and surrounding some pieces there. I think the, the Lakers have done some interesting things. The one that's been hard to keep track of is the Phoenix Suns. It feels like every low-key player is agreeing to a deal, deal there. You know, Are they up to 15 guys, 20 guys? No. The <laughs> real thing is they only had eight guys, I think, under contract. So they, they could expand that a little bit more. But uh, most of what we've seen, quite frankly, Jimmy, is guys uh, on key teams re-signing. So Draymond to the Golden State, Harrison Barnes to Sacramento. So for those reasons, while they're not splashy, those are critical because they are actually meaningful for a team trying to do something in, in a championship window. About just over two, two and a half here, Scott. Scott Agnes with us of Fieldhouse Files. Are, are the Pacers done now from a free agency standpoint, or do you expect they're still – well, let me rephrase that. Are they done from a player acquisition standpoint, excluding the extension for Tyrese Halliburton? Do you expect more to be done either via the trade market or in free agency over the next couple of days? Yeah, I think they're at least a couple moves away. For one, yes, you got to have some players out going to even take back some contracts now with a, a full roster. Um, I think they're really hunting hard for for a power forward, another wing out there, more in a bigger body too. Because Bruce Brown, for what he is, uh, competitive as heck, but he's just six four with a six nine though weeks wingspan of note. But if they could add a six eight forward, uh, that would be ideal. Guys, I've mentioned um, the main guy would be Dorian Finney-Smith, Jonathan. Kaminga of the Warriors under consideration there, I think. Um, th- then there's other things you got to decide on, too, in terms of uh, Kendall Brown, do you give him a two-way contract and things like that. But that's a little bit later on after we see him at Summer League and what he looks like. Scott, I'll leave you with this. A little less than a minute, so not enough time to respond, but uh, Miami is trading Victor Lodipo to Oklahoma City. Some more cap space being open there for the Heat. If it means anything, we'll have to let it play out, but I know you'll be one of the first on it. Appreciate your time, as always, my friend. Have a great Fourth of July weekend, and I'm sure we'll talk to each other soon. Yeah, you as well, Jimmy. Thanks. That's Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse Files. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Scott Agnes. Final scoreboard update of the night with Eddie Garrison when we come back. Then Brendan King of the South Bend Cubs joins us on this NBA free agency edition of Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's highlight as many scores as we can. Major League Baseball today, it started with the Chicago Cubs and the Cleveland Guardians. 10-1 final score with the Chicago Cubs securing their 38th win of the season. They're now four games under 500. Final was 10-1. Justin Steele picked up his ninth win. He went six and a third and struck out six. Christopher Morrell hit a home run in the win and drove in three runs. In 11 innings, the Cincinnati Reds topped the season. San Diego Padres 7-5 on a walk-off homer by Spencer Steer. The Reds were leading 2-1 going into the top of the ninth inning. Alexis Diaz blew the save. They had a tie in the bottom of the 10th with a two-run home run from Matt McClain. And then Spencer Steer eventually won it in the bottom of the 11th. They are now 44-38 and a game up on Milwaukee in the NL Central. The St. Louis Cardinals-New York Yankees series will start tomorrow. The rain delay today postponed. They'll play a 115 game against the Yankees and then a game at 615, so a little bit of a day-night doubleheader action going on from Bush Stadium. Chicago White Sox and the Oakland Athletics, they're in the top of the eighth right now. 5-1 to one of Aiden still for the Athletics. White Sox have just not been able to string hits together. Minor League Baseball, Fort Wayne 10 Caps defeat the Lake County Captains 4-2. The Indianapolis Indians defeat the Louisville Bats 10-8 after scoring three runs in the top half of the ninth inning to win that one. And the South Bend Cubs fall to the Beloit Skycarp 5-1. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. That was the last scoreboard update from Eddie Garrison, but fear not. We'll hear a little bit from Eddie as well as producer extraordinaire Daniel Finch in our final segment coming up in just a little bit. But a night would not be complete without an update on our beloved South Bend Cubs. We turn to the voice of said South Bend Cubs, Brendan King, BK, Skycarp, Cubs. Is there a matchup quite like it in terms of mascot battle? No, there's not. Not at all. And I will say, Jimmy, uh, ABC Supply Stadium here in Beloit, it is the only ballpark in the Midwest League where you can walk outside of the yard and see the mascot of the team outside. There's a river across the street, and there's plenty of Canadian geese, and that is <laughs> that's a very unique part of this. So, no, there is truly nothing like the rivalry that is the Cubs and the Sky Cart. How immersive is it? Have they gotten to the point where there's nice little orange scarfs tied to the uh, Canadian geese, or are they worried about uh, PETA violations there? What's the, what's the, what's the deal with the Sky Carp? I can't report that I've seen any goggles <laughs> on these guys outside of the stadium, but uh, they do look ferocious, and we have to walk past them on our way inside because the bus drops it off, drops us, drops us off. So the goal is not to get like pecked by a geese, uh, so or a goose that is. So uh, no, have not seen any goggles on them, Jacob. Don't know if this is legal or frowned upon, or if I'm outing myself in a bad way here. But uh, was trying to get to a tea box a couple weeks ago. Bunch of geese there. Oh Google, Googled sound to get rid of geese may or may not have played a, a hawk sound on YouTube. Don't know if that was allowed or not, but they scattered very quickly. So so if you need to get free BK, there is the cheat code to life if you're having trouble getting to the ballpark. Jokes aside, uh, tough one for the Cubs tonight. Fall 5-1 in the Sky Carp. Yeah, and actually, hold on. I will say I'm going to use that as a life hack the next, <laughs> the next time I'm walking on the canal because there's like unlimited geese down the street from Butler's campus. But no, to your point, I uh, kind of got away from us tonight. Four runs in the bottom of the fifth for Beloit. I will say, though, Jimmy, uh, Michael Arias was fantastic in his first three innings. He made his South Benton Cubs debut tonight. Young 21-year-old from the Dominican on the mound. 
fun fact about him, he signed with the Toronto Blue Jays when he was 17 as a shortstop, got released, now is a pitcher, and throws 100 miles an hour. He's a starting pitcher, great story. Uh, his first three innings were perfect uh, and then ran into trouble, as mentioned, in the fifth. But uh, he was great, and it's a key addition to this South Bend roster, Jimmy. We're well into the second half. There's a playoff spot on the line come September, and this has been a back-and-forth series. We actually played 14 innings back on Tuesday. Uh, that was a heartbreaker, fell by a run 5-4, but yesterday was better, 1-6 zip. So still three games to go in this series and expect a highly competitive uh, finish as we're in Beloit and you know we're right along with them in a playoff chase. In things that are outside of your pay grade, in my pay grade too, I would like it for the layman over here in the big chair for Bob Lovell. If there was a way when I click on said box score, if there was like a secondary parenthesis bracket that shows me how things are happening in the second half of the season, because they still have the full total on there. A recommendation to your higher ups if maybe you're looking for for a pay raise from the IT department. So so there you go. You know, that's a a good call, (laughs) but that's a word you need to have with Mr. Manfred, and I'm afraid. (laughs) I don't know if Rob Manfred would take that meeting. So uh, I will say, though, we are two and four to open the second half. uh, So definitely could be better. But as we saw last year and in 2019, Jimmy, uh, South Bend has played their best baseball in half number two. In 19, we were the wild card team uh, in the East Division, won a championship. And then last year we won the second half. And then, of course, went on to another ring. So history favors us, but uh, we're definitely going to need to get on track here. We've got the right guys to do it, some big prospects now on this roster and it's exciting i have a picture with a trophy i didn't do anything for it i just happen to know the Hell broadcaster yeah, brendan king with his voice of the south bend cubs uh bk a little less than 30 seconds here any big fourth of july plans or are you just calling baseball my friend it's gonna be like the old days jimmy we got a night game in beloit on monday back to south bend overnight on tuesday uh to play the fourth of july so we are back to the old days my man i love it bk enjoy it my friend we'll talk soon Thanks, Jimmy. That's Brandon King. We'll wrap things up after this on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back for the final time on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Special shout out and thank you to Brandon King, the voice of the South Bend Cubs. Five to one losers over the Sky Carp today. We'll have more on Brendan King, I'm sure, throughout the rest of the summer, along with the rest of our reoccurring guests, including the voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman, along with J.D. Stankovitz, Olivia Ray, Evan Sidery, Scott Agnes, Destin Adams, joining us throughout the program. I now like to end these Indiana Sports Talk shows by giving a little bit of love to both our producer extraordinaire and our sports update desk. That would be... Nathaniel Finch, Eddie Garrison, respectively. Gentlemen, sports weekend is here. Fourth of July weekend is here. You know the game. What are you most looking forward to this sports weekend? Or maybe it's already happened. Um, I'm looking forward to the Reds continuing to win. That's first and foremost. <laughs> um, but more importantly, uh, as you know, Jimmy, I coach a uh, travel baseball team. I'm looking forward to just being at the ball yard the next couple of days. I'll be in uh, Kokomo coach, coaching up some 17-year-olds and aspirations of hopefully getting them to uh, the college level. Nathaniel, what about you? A loaded MLB baseball slate. Even an extra game tomorrow. Your Yankees will be playing. I mean, from 140 Another on. Another chance the, for them to lose. Into the, the waning hours. You can of the cut night. his mic. We're done with him for the night. It's fine. You can, you can let him go. Just have a little bit of baseball in the background. Do some barbecue. And it's 4th of July weekend. 
It's a beautiful thing. Uh, have any of you been to a, whether it's minor league or major league park before for a, a 4th of July or around 4th of July time fireworks? I know they have fireworks every week almost, but any 4th of July baseball ever in your life? I have been to Victory Field on a July 4th. I have not As have I. over to Great American Ballpark on a July 4th. Uh, most of the time on July 4th, I was always playing uh, baseball, so never had the chance to experience that. Those days are long behind you now, aren't they, Eddie? Ha <laughs> uh, You better watch yourself on there, young man. <laughs> uh, last thing from a sports calendar standpoint, so I won't get to talk to either one of you uh, tomorrow night. And I believe, Eddie, it's just you of the two of you in tomorrow, correct? Correct. Parker, who's been shadowing me all night, he, uh, he'll be producing tomorrow night for Matt Taylor. Uh, for the 4th of July tradition... Nathan's hot dog eating contest, uh, a true staple that you have to at least find highlights of or you try to turn the other cheek with it and have no interest in it whatsoever. I'll scroll through my Twitter timeline. Oh, Joey Chestnut won. Congratulations. <laughs> and that's about it. Westfield's own. I mean, he lives there now. He's not like original. I, native, I didn't but know. I, thought, I was waiting for Nathaniel. I thought Nathaniel was, was too, but then, then yeah. I didn't get the Nathaniel uh, hot dog eating contest yesterday. I'll eat some hot dogs myself, and like Eddie, I'll, I'll scroll through and see that, not who won, but that Joey won. Eddie was not a fan either, or Eddie, correct me if I'm wrong, you did not know about the Sky Rosa uh, combination of chili dogs from Skyline Chili and no. Pizza La Rosa's Pizza combined, correct? Nope, did not know about that until you uh, enlightened me. Hey, that's, that's what happens, what I'm here for sometimes. Gentlemen, great talking with both of you. Special thank you to Evan Sidery, Olivia Ray, J.J. Stangowitz, Howard Kelvin, Destin Adams, Scott Agnes, and Brendan King. Will that rookie extension come Tyrese Halliburton's way? We'll find out soon. This has been Jimmy Cook. You can follow me on Twitter at TheJCook. Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk in the rearview.